This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 74. Goodness, this is harder than I thought it would be. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Oh, so what's difficult? What Life. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, woe is me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, blended families are what's difficult. Yes. Yeah. Completely. And as we share in the beginning of this episode, that when we were talking to Ron Deal about blended families, at first it was sort of in that mindset of how can we help our friends who are going through this? Yeah. And then he was further explaining it. He's like, well, it's not just talking about your immediate family. How about your extended family? Like, do you have brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles that, you know, are, are part of blended families? And then we're like, wait a minute, we yes. are. Yeah. And then that yeah, opens up a whole different uh, conversation about like, yeah, okay, so what would I do in this situation? Mm. What can I do to help make things a little bit less awkward? So on and so forth. So it's a fascinating, fascinating interview with Ron Deal. This is actually a dream come true interview. Because we were, we've had some comments from listeners of like, well, I wish that, you know, what resources are there for blended families and step families? And Ron Deal's name has come up over and over again. We just didn't know who he was, right? And yeah. so when we had a connection to and the opportunity to interview him, he is literally the expert in helping build strong blended families. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to give you some background around this, this episode came about because you, because y'all as listeners asked, hey, can you talk about this a little bit more when we did our podcast survey a while back? So, you know what? I know we're not going to do a podcast survey anytime soon again because we got tons of information. I really appreciate that. Yeah. But if you have future topics that you would love for us to cover, right? Share with us. Reach out to us on social media at in between show or you can send us a message on our website inbetween.org and just hit the contact button and and we'd love to we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hear how we can better serve you in building strong connected and joyful marriages and family all right so before we get into this interview once again ron deal expert the expert on this he is the director of family life blended uh, you can learn more about that at familylife.com. All everything that we talk about is going to be at inbetween.org slash episode 74. And actually, this is going to be a one of two part interview because he had so many yeah. amazing things to say. Like, y'all, yes. you are in for such a mind blowing treat. Yeah. So without further ado, here it is. Well, thanks, Ron, for being on the podcast with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's a, it's an honor to be with you. Awesome. So as we were just chatting before the interview got started, and or I guess before we hit record, uh, you were giving us a good framework around the term blended family. Uh, so can you maybe just start from the beginning and, and give us, just so our audience understands that term and, and maybe understands how they can relate to that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny, the language that we use kind of reveals something in us and how we make sense of the world and uh, how we think about our own family situations. For a lot of people, when they say, well, I'm not a part of a blended family, 
if they just pause a minute, they might realize that maybe they're connected, but it's a, a more like an extended family connection. Okay. So maybe there's a lot of people who are step-grandparents who are in a first marriage, but they have a son or a daughter who's an adult who married somebody with children and they became step-grandparents. Or maybe you have a brother and a sister who has a step relationship of some kind. And so you're connected there. It may not be the people living in your home, but you're definitely, it's definitely in your world. Hmm. Or it could be that you, you grew up in a blended family. And so from a generational standpoint, you still have a mom and a dad and a stepmom and a stepdad. You just don't live in their home anymore. Uh, but here you are getting ready to start your own family, have your own relationships, or maybe you're married and uh, you still have to go home at Thanksgiving and do three homes because yeah, your yeah. extended family has lots of people in it. So if, if you think I tell people, think tall and wide and you'll recognize that if you don't you don't have a direct step relationship, you probably have an indirect step relationship. And if you don't have that, you love and care for somebody who does have a direct step relationship. So really, this touches all of us real fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's super helpful because for Christina and I, I mean, directly, I mean, this is both of our first marriages and I mean, there's no step blendedness, you know, directly here, but indirectly and friendship wise. And, you know, I mean, there is that there is that. So it, it does affect us a lot more than initially I thought. So thanks for that, uh, that clarification and that overview. Yeah. You bet. It's interesting to me. I, I have, you know, I'll be 20 minutes into a conversation, even with people that I work with here at Family Life who mm -hmm. have spent their whole lives and careers ministering to couples and families. And we'll be 20 minutes into a conversation talking about a situation. And I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say, wait, wait, I'm a stepchild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, my dad this affects me, you know, all of a sudden they go, well, my dad died 10 years ago and my mom married uh, another guy three years later. I, I was 45 at the time. I've never thought of myself as a stepchild, but technically I am at the yeah. age of 45. I became a stepchild. That's exactly right. You know, uh, the relationships are changed by death, divorce or some sort of disillusion of a relationship. Hmm. Yeah, I love how you're pointing that out, Ron, because then I think this podcast episode will just be able to be maybe some opening and shedding some light on just the different families that we actually are involved in, not thinking yeah. like, oh, about, you know, my neighbor, but like, no, actually about me. So I think this will be a yeah. great opportunity to find out more about ourselves as well. So, but for those who are just starting on the journey of blending two families together, so maybe they're engaged or newlyweds or even just maybe starting to date, what advice would you want to share with them? And maybe what are some things to watch out for or take note of? Well, the first thing I would want them to know is that coupleness does not necessarily equal familyness. Okay. Now that takes some unpacking. So let yeah. me just talk through that a minute. Um, when you, uh, let's just use you guys as an example. Neither one of you had children, I assume, before you got together. Well, you came into this relationship as two single individuals. Mm -hmm. And the process of falling in love and deciding to get married was about coupleness. All right. Yeah. You had a mutual vision for life together. You decided you wanted to commit yourselves to one another. You got married and then you begin to live and walk out your coupleness. When you bring a child from a previous relationship, no matter what the backstory is, when you bring a child into a new marriage, there are two things that are happening. You have to figure out coupleness 
because obviously you're falling in love with somebody and you're having to decide, are we going to share our lives together as adults? Mm -hmm. That's coupleness. Familiness is what happens after the wedding. That's huh. where you begin to live and walk out another process. That's how do we be a family together? How does the step parent move in? What role do they play? What role would the stepchild receive from the step parent? Mm -hmm. Do they even want you in the picture? And if they kind of want you but kind of don't want you, what does that mean for the relationship? Yeah. yeah. You know, how do you share parenting responsibilities? Um, we have a child perhaps who's moving between two different households. And right. so on certain days I'm here and another days I'm not here. You know, that shows you the distinction between coupleness and familyness. When the kids are at the other house, it's just the couple. And yeah. they kind of look at each other and they go, hey, you and I, let's go on a date. Like, yeah. it's just <laughs> us, right? Right. And they feel the difference. It's palatable. Mm. But then the kids come over and it's like, okay, all of a sudden I'm a little tense. I'm not sure what my place and my role is. I'm trying to figure that with the kids. Last week I stepped in too much. Boy, did that backfire. This week I don't want to make the same mistake. Uh, that's the difference. Now, here's the thing people really got to get is that you can have good coupleness and familyness can sabotage it. Hmm. Okay. And that is the journey of a step family, to be honest. And, and by the way, I'm going to broaden familyness to include former spouses, former hmm. in-laws. Let's say you're widowed. Your former in-laws are still grandparents to your kids. They still wow. want to see them and be involved in the life. So right. all, all of a sudden, it's not just about who's in your home, but it's about everybody connected to the people in your home. Yeah. And that is a familyness journey that can be complicated. All, the net result of all of this is to say, if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you're early in a, in a new blended family, you need to be mindful of how familyness will affect things after the wedding. And honestly, most yeah. couples aren't. So that's that's a really helpful distinction. Coupleness, familyness. So would you say then, I mean, how interrelated are they? How really are they just different trajectories, different spectrums that the couple has to work on? Uh, yeah, so give us a little bit more in that. I love your question because interrelated is the right word. They are okay. very much interrelated. Yeah. Um, so, for example, a common pain point for blended families is, wow, we got to, you know, this guy and I we fell in love. We get together great um, through the dating process. Everything seems to be going just fine. We get married and all of a sudden I don't like him being a dad to my kids. Or mm. all of a sudden my kids come to me and go, mom, gosh, he's so, you know, strict and you're not. And and then mom's like, yeah, well, he kind of is, but I still want him to be your dad. And so she feels caught in the middle between her wow. kids and her husband. And so the way I like, like to put it is at the intersection of Parenting Street and Marriage Avenue, <laughs> yeah. there is an intersection. Yeah. And there are a whole lot of collisions and wow. T-bones that take place there in blended families. Again, coupleness is different than familyness and those things directly affect one another and so you have to manage understand work together from the day a couple gets married they are figuring out romance and passion and sexuality and parenting and co-parenting with a former spouse and the loss that led to the family and how do I help my kids still love their biological dad while they're falling in love with my husband, their stepdad? Right. All of that happens instantaneously. And honestly, it's complex. Yeah. So 
I mean, what comes to my mind is the whole concept around compartmentalization, right? So, I mean, and and this idea of, of a lot of times in our world, people compartmentalizing their lives rather than integrating. But even for you saying, you know, it's, and it's, 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 I mean, it's a big subject to tackle, but for you to even say, oh, hey, tonight, oh, there's no kids. It's our coupleness. I mean, we're married and, you know, and then, oh, all of a sudden, I really like you in this situation, but when the, you know, when, when the kids are around and, and this, you know, on this odd week, then I don't really like you. (laughs) I mean, how do you, what, what counsel do you give? uh, Would you want to give couples that are dealing with that tension of, okay, do I just compartmentalize and I'm different when it's just us and I'm different with the kids or integration? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you don't compartmentalize. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, it, it, it turns out to be just like what you said. I like you here, but I don't like you there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a principle we teach in parenting. Uh, true for all parents. Hey, try to have unity in your parenting, right? As mm-hmm. husband, as wife, work together, try to be on the same page, have, a, have the same general plan. Yes, your personality kind of comes out in how you react to your kids and that's okay. But but it's not like one of you grounds them for six months and the other one says, oh, honey, don't do that. You know, those yeah. two styles are not going to work, right? Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. unity. Well, that is the same rule we give parents and step parents. But what we say is you've got to double down on this because um, everything parenting is also about your marriage. Everything marriage mm. is also about your parenting. They are completely intertwined. And so strive for unity. I tell couples, if you're going to make a mistake, here's the mistake I want you to make in your, in your blended family, Hmm. error on the side of protecting your marriage and your unity, Hmm. which means a kid comes to the stepdad and says, Hey, can I go down the street and play with so-and-so? And he thinks he knows the answer. It is a really wise thing for him to just pause and go, let me check with your mom. There may be a nuance here. There may be a history or backstory here I don't know about. I wasn't around yeah, two years yeah. ago. But, mm-hmm. uh, there may be a reason. And the same thing for the right. biological parent. Now, let's reverse this. Let's say your mom. Mm-hmm. And you've been making these decisions for 10 years without asking anybody. And now you have to pause and stop and go, hold on. I'll get back to you on that. Let me Let me just go check in with my with the step parent. Why? Because we're making sure unity holds us together as we walk out this parenting moment. Because yeah. if we don't, it's going to come back and bite our marriage in the hind end. Hmm. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. It's good. Yeah, I think that's so key, Ron. And I like how you're talking about like conflict and, you know, even ways to maybe manage some of it or to even put out a fire or even just a little bit of a spark before it happens. Um, You mentioned something very interesting in your book. You say complexity equals stress and stress for a blended family thickens blood. 
never thought of stress like this before, especially we're talking about conflict. Yeah, what's the blood thinner then, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. And honestly, I first read this um, statement and I was like, oh, that's a positive thing. Like you're thinning your blood, like, you know, your bond all together. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if he meant it that way. So if you could clarify that statement for us, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. I I don't mean it in a positive way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let, let me tell you a story just to illustrate the point, and then I'll explain it a little bit. So just the other day, I was having a conversation with a woman who said, yeah, you know, every time my husband and I get into an argument, his kids or her, or her kids, they both brought children to their family. She says, you know, we just kind of get to this impasse. And she says, what happens is he goes outside and plays with his kids. And I sit in the TV room with mine. Hmm. See, that's thickening of blood. The bloodline between biological parent and child gets thicker because of the blended family stress. Wow. We are trying, here's the irony, we are trying to merge. I mean, the whole point of getting married is not just coming together as husband and wife, but now coming and bringing our children together as family. That's Mm -hmm. the familiness process. Mm -hmm. But when stress enters the picture, it has the tendency to push them away from merging, push them apart. Now, now we're disengaging and we're holding on to our own. Mom's protecting her kids. They hang out in the living room and watch TV and kind mm-hmm. of just being together is their way of licking their wounds. And dad and his kids are holding on to each other and they're kind of comforting each other by playing games in the backyard. And they are not a blended family. That's what stress does. Mm-hmm. When So what we help people do, and here's the good news in all of this. You can't change the stress. It is what it is. But if you understand what's causing it, if you get some perspective about what's going on, like why do we get divided and what's happening? What are these dynamics that are under the surface that we're not aware of? And then you have a sense of how husband and wife, mom, dad, parent, step parent can find unity in managing that stress. You actually further the merger process. You actually create more blending over time. It's nothing magical. Nothing happens overnight. (laughs) But with with patience, you continue to blend, which is the whole point. That's what you want. But far too many couples just kind of the stress comes and they don't know what to do. And the next thing you know, she's in the living room with hers and he's in the backyard with his and they're not merging. Yeah, They're coexisting. So just, I mean, just naming it is huge, right? And naming yeah, it and right. for, for, for parents and individuals to recognize, oh, wait a second, wait a second, look at what's happening and step back, then they can take a step toward that. So, but, but in the moment, right, especially if they've been doing this for years, right? And it's just the default, it's just the normal. And then, you know, obviously they're the, the blood tie. So, you know, yeah. especially if they've only been together for a year and two years and the kids are teenagers, um, how, what, what, what advice would you give parents to be proactive so that they just don't naturally default and then 30 minutes later be like, Oh, we did it again. <laughs> yeah. Where are they? <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, it's a good well, movie. Let's just keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the little, uh, one of the little tips that just give couples is learning empathy for the other people. Um, okay. if you're a biological parent, sometimes it's really hard to understand when the step parent comes to you and says, Look, your kids, they roll their eyes at me all the time. And you're going, wait a minute, they don't roll their eyes at me. Well, right, because you're the mom, Yeah. right? You yeah. have a different relationship 
with your children than the step parent does with your children. Mm. And it's not that your kids are not incapable of rolling their eyes. They just know better than to do it with mom, but they're absolutely comfortable doing it with stepdad. Mm. Um, There's a different relationship. So if the biological mom in that situation looks at her husband and goes, you're crazy. Now he has just learned, I can't trust you with this. You're not at my side. And what it feels to him, now watch this, what it feels like to him is mom, my wife, is choosing her kids over me. Wow. And now blood is really thick. Yeah, yeah. And it's thicker than the marriage. And anytime you have parent-child relationships more important than the marriage, you are not going to have a healthy family dynamic. So in that moment, she's got to take a deep breath and go, really? They roll their eyes? Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Tell me what that's like for you. I need to understand that better. And I need to listen and imagine that it just might be true. And then my my goal here is not just necessarily go scold my kids, mm-hmm. but to hear your experience so that I can come alongside you in this moment. Yeah. That moves wife's heart closer to husband's heart. We're still preserving the marriage and helping them move towards some unity in figuring out what to do with the kids. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's really helpful. Well, let's, I love going into the nitty gritty and the practical. So Ron, give me that instance, like that example. Now, does the mom go to her kids and talk about like, hey, your, you know, stepdad is saying you roll their eyes at him and, you know, that's so rude and why are you doing this? And, or maybe, you know, even a positive way addressing it. Or does the mom and the stepdad come together with the kids and be like, this is how it's going, like even further along with discipline? Like, what does that look like in a blended family? Yeah. yeah so the answer is maybe all of that, maybe not any of that. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. Um, I want the husband and the wife to have a conversation about mm-hmm. what happens next. Yeah. And if whatever decision okay. they make together is more apt to be the right decision than the wrong decision. It could be that they would come together and go, well, should we do this together? And and there's a backstory. Well, we've tried that six times and that didn't work. It's time for mom to just have a one-on-one with a kid and go, listen up, buddy, no more. It's not happening anymore. Uh, it could be that they've never tried to say it together and it's time for them to take a step into that. In other words, they should come together around how to move forward. They know their circumstances better than anybody else. But the point is they're doing it together rather than separate and apart from one another. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it the right answer. Does that make sense? Yes, that totally makes sense. So, so empathy, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you and, and even just going back to how we started the interview and and you sharing about, Hey, how we might all be directly or indirectly tied to this. So I just wonder if it's even, Hey, let's say, um, I have a, you know, grandparents, you know, grandparents or, or parents that are not, you know, they're, they're, they're not my parents and they're not Christina's parents, but they're one of my sister's exes or, you know, brothers, you know, and you kind of, and you're like, well, yeah, of course they wouldn't be around because they're not married anymore. You know, let's say there's that situation for, so for even me who is multiple removed mm-hmm. to even just sit and be like, wait, if I place myself in their shoes, yes, mm-hmm. how would I feel about this, mm-hmm. right? And even for the couple, the step, you know, the the stepdad to place his, you know, himself in in you know the biological mother's shoes and right. and vice versa. I mean, this it's really practical because I think that's something that we can all do. And I want both adults, parent and step parent, to put themselves in the shoes of the kids. Yeah, um, right. because. That's right. 
that's where you jump in and you go, um, you know, your son rolls his eyes at me every time I ask him to do something around here. Well, yes, he does. And that's really annoying. And there's something to be addressed there in terms of respect. Yeah. But my guess is there's also a sadness behind that. Uh, yeah. His yeah, right, rolling yeah. of the eyes is not just about disrespect. It is also about, I wish my dad were here. Right. And my dad is not here because he died. Or my yeah. dad is not here because mom and dad can't, couldn't be together and they divorced. And my life is more complex. And I now have a man in my world in my living room telling me to pick up my socks yeah. that I didn't ever ask for. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Now wow. see that now now just for a moment <laughs> if yeah. you jump if you jump under the surface into that kid's shoes for a second. Right. Um you still have to deal with rolling of the eyes, but you might just be a little softer, a little gentler in how you approach the rolling of the eyes. It mm. might come mm. out like you might come out and say, "All right, dude, listen. I know you wish your dad were here." Yeah, I like literally say that out like acknowledge the wow. loss in the moment. I know you wish your dad were here. If I were you and if I were in your shoes, I'd want that too. Hmm. I get it. This is hmm. hard. However, everybody in this house has to do their chores and that's the way we're going to get along. We're going to get stuff done. Yeah. I don't really like washing the dishes and your mom really doesn't like doing the laundry. And I know you don't like doing the trash, but I need you to get with it. Let's go. Wow. Man, I'm getting the chills, and that I know not, I'm it's like, not even me. Yeah, so I'm like tearing up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is good, Ron. Um, okay, so going to the next question, then, what do adults need to understand about children? You know, we're talking about children right now. What mm-hmm. What do adults need to understand about children and step families yeah. uh, in order to parent them well? Good. So we just kind of hit on the loss piece, mm-hmm. yeah, sadness piece. Let me add to it loyalty. Um, I think this is something a lot of people have heard about loyalty conflicts as it relates to kids, but I'm not sure that we really fully understand how, how deep it is for them. So if I have a biological mom and dad, which, you know, on some sense we all do, whether how much you know them and trust them, that depends on the narrative of your, of your story. But let's say mom and dad, let's say they've divorced and dad is now married to somebody else. And mom is uh, with uh, another guy I, I may love, let me start with this. I may like my stepdad, my stepmom. I may be very fond of them, think, wow, they are good people. Mm-hmm. But th- at the very same time I'm thinking that as a child, I can also feel, yeah, but if I love my stepdad too much, hmm. I risk hurting my dad's feelings. Oh, yeah. I risk my dad looking at me like, am I losing you to him? And my dad being angry with me. Mm-hmm. I risk, oh, wow. I risk losing what what it already feels fragile to me. I'm only yeah. I only see my dad two weekends a month, six weeks in the summer. Last thing I want to do is make him mad. So when I show up, he's feeling resentful of my relationship with my stepdad. So even if dad didn't say ever say anything to this effect, or the stepdad never came in and said, "Look, I'm your new dad." You're, even if none of that has ever happened from mm-hmm. the adults, the child still feels the bind, the loyalty conflict between the people. I call them the old relationships versus yeah. the, the new ones. And okay. and this is all happening underneath the surface, unconsciously. Yes. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. It uh, it it is under the surface. It is what's going on in their heart and mind. Yeah. And I would say. 
that it is true. If you're an adult and your parents divorce, this is still true. Okay. If you're a three-year-old and your parents divorce, you're not always thinking in terms of loyalty as a three-year-old, but at age five, you are. And at age mm-hmm. nine, you oh, definitely are. Wow. And when you turn 18 and you have a graduation ceremony for your you know, high school graduation, and you have to invite people and you're trying to figure out how not to hurt feelings, you are still feeling the loyalty conflict. It wow. is Ever, if you're a 26-year-old woman walking down the aisle trying to figure out your wedding, do I invite my dad or my stepdad? Does my stepdad walk me down the aisle oh, wow. too? How do I know? See, those are very real moments yeah. where the child is inevitably in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parents and step-parents really got to understand this. It does not mean that you go wimpy on your kids. That's a clinical term, by the way, mm. for everybody who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Going wimpy means that you let them off the hook because they've had it so hard and I'm never going to ask them to do. No, 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 no. You cannot do that. But it does mean that you at least appreciate the complexity of little decisions for them and that you ever once in a while take them out of the middle. And you can do this. This is such a gift. Imagine a stepdad uh, going to his stepson. He's driving him to school one day and uh, he goes, hey, dude, gosh, your dad's birthday's coming up. And you're going to be with us that day. And if I were you, I'd be missing him and I'd be wanting to figure out how to get to with him and celebrate him. I want to help you do that. Now, listen to this stepdad saying to stepson, I want to help you celebrate your dad and your relationship with your dad. And that is not a threat to me. And you you have my permission to love and honor him. You are taking that little boy out of the loyalty conflict. You are Mm. helping him with this. That is wow. so significant in the life of a child. Wow, how validating. I'm putting myself in the shoes of a child, of just hearing that. Like, how validating of, yeah, you are validating the relationship between your stepson and the stepdad, uh, but you're also validating the relationship that you know, and you're talking about the loyalty between the biological uh, parent and the biological child. That's powerful, Ron. Oh man, I wish we could just keep on going, but it's uh, (laughs) next week, right? That's why you have to subscribe and have to be, (laughs) it's not like it costs you anything to subscribe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was interesting because I do the editing in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we went for a whole, I think like 55 minutes. So even trying to find a spot where we could put pause and to, you know, cut it in half was ridiculously hard because it was like, how do we like, we don't want to end on a cliffhanger, right? But at the same time, um, there was just so much good content that we cannot wait for the next episode to drop for y'all. Yeah. So we'd love for you to share this episode in between.org slash episode 74 with the people that came up in your mind as you were listening to this. Because I know someone's come up and yeah, a few people have yeah. come up in my mind. I'm going to send them a private message. Exactly. And just say like, hey, I'm thinking of you and caring for you. And I didn't realize maybe how hard or how much of a struggle it is to try to blend two families together. So yeah. if I can help in any way or offer you some resources, I hope this podcast will be able to send you in a, in a positive direction. Yeah. And then all you got to do is copy and paste in between.org slash episode 74 or just hit the share button on your podcasting app and get that over to them. All right, so that brings us to a wrap for 74. Next week, how are we going to be continuing this interview? So I love that Ron Deal continues to talk about 
the practicalities of blending two families together. We also talk about further on of, you know, being the aunt or being the uncle or being the grandparent. Like, how can we practically help those who are journeying through blending families together? Perfect. All right. So if you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do that. So you get this episode right when it comes out next week. All right. We'll catch you next time. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.